the IZ Robot Stuck at Home Show. Hey kids, it is not your dude, I see you robots. This is me, Sarah Burr, the Sausagetarian. I have some mighty big shoes to fill here at the Stuck at Home show. And what is the Stuck at Home show? That is the one where we are lying low at home, making the best of things because there's a dangerous bug out there. and We don't want to get it and we don't want to spread it, but we have a lot of hope and faith because we know there's a vaccine and one day we're all going to be out there walking hand in hand, singing uplifting folk songs, and things are going to be great. But for now, we're just doing the best we can to stay happy or sane or safe or maybe all those three things. So your dude is taking an extra long soak in the tub. Man, he has been at this like crazy for so many months now, producing the Stuck at Home show for all of us. I think he deserves a break, so when he comes back, it's going to be the best episode you've ever heard. Until then, I am really excited to be here with you, and we are going to start with, with what? I have a package, and it is a book. I know it's a book because I ordered it, and it is from Half Price Books. I decided to stop using Amazon if I can, because they're kind of evil, and Half Price Books is a smaller company. My friend used to work for him and he got laid off and I was like, hey, I could just get my books from a different place and spend a little more money and maybe not buy quite as many books. What is this book? I'm not using a switchblade here. I'm just tearing in with my brute strength, my bare hands. Oh, listen to that. What is this cookbook? What is this book? It is The Homemade Vegan Pantry by Miyoko Shinner. Miyoko Shinner. I believe I'm saying her name correctly. Miyoko, if that name is familiar to you, it might be because she makes vegan cheeses and butter. These things actually are not cheese and butter because they are vegan and cheese and butter are made with milk. Why do I have a vegan cookbook here? I'm not a vegan, I'm the sausagetarian. I eat everything, but I have really scaled back my intake of dairy for health reasons specific to me, and I don't really love the products that are out on the market. I don't like fake cheese. So I've been experimenting with making my own fake cheese, and the Miyoko cheeses that are in the grocery store are, they're a little expensive. So I figured maybe I can make my own. I got this book from the library, and now I have my own copy. So what kind of stuff is in this book? I'm just going to open it to a random page. Here's a recipe for marinara sauce. This is one of my beefs with this book. I ordered a copy for myself, but, like, you can get a recipe for marinara sauce that's vegan from almost anywhere. Marinara is naturally vegan, all right? Don't need that, Miyoko. Here's a whole section on fake meat. I don't like fake meat, so not going to use that. Here are some parts that tell you how to make your own tofu and make your own tofu skin and your own tempeh. Yeah, I am I'm down with that. I might make my own tofu one day. But the part that's really cool to me are the vegan cheeses. I have already made her vegan butter. It's margarine. That's what margarine is. I'll just call it do-it-yourself margarine. I have made some do-it-yourself margarine, not from this book, but it was inspired by this book, and I've been really happy with it. I keep making it. I don't like buying that Earth Balance stuff in the tub because it's really expensive. You can get the ingredients, and it costs 
like a quarter. There's also some recipes for soy milk, creamless sour cream, which is made with coconut milk and cultured with non-dairy yogurt. I'm excited to try some of these. And I ordered my own copy so I can write in it. I like to write in cookbooks. I like to use paper and take notes. Helps me remember things. That's why I don't look up recipes on my phone very often. One of the things I really like about this book is it has a recipe for do-it-yourself macaroni and cheese in a box. I know it sounds kind of crazy, Also, it's vegan. It doesn't totally taste like regular macaroni and cheese, but I like it for what it is. It has cashews, nutritional yeast. Do you guys ever eat nutritional yeast? My friend calls it nooch, and it's delicious on popcorn. I know the arty movie theater where your dude likes to go when you can go see movies. They they used to have nooch you could sprinkle on your popcorn. It's got some tapioca flour, a little powdered mustard. So you, you pulse this stuff into a powder, and then you boil pasta, and you cook it with a little non-dairy milk and you, you add the powder. And it's, it's really quite delicious. I make a batch of it and I kind of throw it together when I need to. So that is the book Miyoko's Home... Well, no, it's called The Homemade Vegan Pantry. I, I would say I give it a C if I were going to give it a grade. Maybe two mics. But I bought my own copy. What does that mean? I think it means I want to remake it the way I want. But... That's fine. I bought the book. When you're cooking at home, you can do whatever you want. When you have a book, you can do whatever you want to with it. You can stack them up and make them into a weird lamp. I remember the Friends of the Library in good old Santa Rosa, California. Somebody used to go to the Friends of the Library sales and buy Reader's Digest condensed books in order to make lamps out of them, table lamps. So you can make lamps out of books. Um... This is really boring, which is why we are next going to find out what Gino Vega had for lunch. What did Gino Vega have for lunch? Yesterday, I see robots. It is Mr. Sensational Gino Vega here, calling to talk to you about what I had for lunch yesterday. And I'm calling you from Miss Sensational One's bedroom, my 15-year-old bedroom. I was in here... Attempting to record episode 28 of the Mr. Sensational Gino Vega podcast, but I had some technical difficulties, and uh, basically I'm going to start all over again. I'm taking a break to call you about lunch. What did I have for lunch yesterday? I had lentils for lunch. I had lentil curry. can't remember if I've, I've told you about having lentil curry before. I feel like I've talked about lentil curry, but it might have been on my show. In any case, I have lentil curry. Lentils. There's some carrots in it too. Somehow curry. I don't know. I didn't make it. This sensational. My wife made it. I don't really know all what's in it, what goes into it, but I end up with the end product, which is a bunch of curried lentils. So you'd like to know lentils, what's for lunch, the good food. I wholeheartedly endorse it. I think you've talked about lentils too. Lentils. Talk to you soon. Lentils, Gino Vega. Thank you for that. And thanks to your missus for making you lunch. That's really special. I love to have people cook for me. And it doesn't happen that often because there's nobody in the house except for me and my daughter. And I'm getting her to cook for herself, but lentils would not 
be part of the equation. I love lentils and I do make them. I remember a couple of years ago, I went to Whole Foods where they have that bulk food section. I bought five different kinds of lentils. I was, I was over the moon. So, um, yeah, lentils that somebody else made for you will, will make your day, even when you are having technical difficulties. So thank you for that, Gino Vega. I'm going to go ahead and hand it over to our sponsors, Morton Salt. Great for seasoning lentils. If you give a meal some Morton Fine Sea Salt, its delicate crystals dissolve easily and evenly. Or blended in holiday treats, its delicate crystals dissolve easily and evenly. Or blended in holiday treats, its delicate crystals dissolve easily and evenly. Give a better salt, get a better dish. Give a better salt, get a better dish. Give your meal some Morton Fine Sea Salt. We make your children throw furniture. The only real... American pizza, made by an American. American pizza man. Masai Bindo. American pizza man. Masai Bindo. American pizza. American pizza. And we are back. It's time for American pizza man. And I'm feeling a little anxious because those are mighty big shoes to fill. Am I an American pizza man? I am a woman, but I think being an American pizza man is more about what's in your heart than your gender. It's about striving for the best pizza you can make. And every time you make pizza, you usually learn something that's going to make the next pizza better. Every pizza making session builds on the one before it. It's the repetition. It is the noticing of tiny little details and really locking in with your dough and your oven and all the toppings. And and it's a spiritual practice, but also it gets you some delicious pizza. I don't make pizza that often because it's a little bit of work, right? We used to get a lot of take and bake pizzas from Aldi. I don't know if you guys have that chain where you are. It's like a stripped down Trader Joe's and they had these take and bake pizzas that were about five bucks and they were totally fine. Where I live, there's not great pizza. So you have to make it yourself. And I could spend five bucks on this take and bake pizza and it was just just as okay as a pizza from one of the pizza joints around here. I don't want to dig on the pizza joints around here because pizza has to be really bad for it to not be pleasant, for it to not hit the spot. But I think all of us have different standards for different types of pizza, right? You're not going to expect a frozen pizza to be the same as a fancy pants pizza. And when I make pizza at home from scratch, I would say it is fancy pants pizza. I make the best pizza in my whole town. I have been working at my pizza game for quite a number of years, and it's it's really fun to do it the way I do it. So I have a dough recipe. Actually, I have about three, but my favorite one, you make in a food processor. It's what is called a very slack dough. That means that it has a high hydration. It's a little loose and sticky, but you got to just go with it and, and let it be a little bit sticky because if you're working too much flour, once your dough rises, it's not going to have those nice big bubbles that, that bake into the irregular crusty shape on the edges of your pizza that make your pizza so exciting. So high hydration dough. I make it in the food processor and you kind of alternate between kneading it a little bit and popping it back in the food processor 
and pulsing it a few times. The trick with this particular recipe is that it comes together in a food processor. Then you wait 15 minutes and let it sit there and do nothing. And you come back to it. And a lot of the flour has absorbed more of the liquid by then. So just by virtue of waiting a little bit, you've already got some of that stickiness worked around, right? So I make that and I divide it into four dough balls. I do that right after I'm done kneading. I don't let it do a bulk fermentation. I break it up into four dough balls and I put those on an oiled sheet. They're dusted with flour and I let them sit out to proof for about six to eight hours. You can also let this happen in the refrigerator uh, for a while. The main thing is my dough doesn't have a lot of yeast and that's to help it rise very slowly. The thing I like about letting the dough rise in its own pizza ball all the way is once again, you get a nice network of bubbles. And instead of smashing those down when they're ready to make into pizza, with a rolling pin, I stretch them out into circles. I make about 12-inch pizzas, and I would say they are neither thick nor thin. They're kind of in-betweeny. And I bake them on a pizza stone in the oven. I have a bread peel that my boyfriend made for me in 1998, probably. Had this bread peel for a very long time. I don't use it that often, but... I think about this dude every single time I make pizza and I'm like, hey, I broke up with you, but thanks for making me that pizza peel. This weekend, my current boyfriend and I made pizza and he is a vegan. So we did not put any cheese on this pizza, but I think our pizzas were excellent. There are definitely ways you can make cheeseless pizzas that are still totally delightful. You just have to switch up your expectations. So these didn't have any tomato sauce on them either. One of them was a delightful carb fest. Listen to this. It is a potato pizza. So you take small potatoes like baby potatoes, new potatoes, and you cut them into thin, thin, thin slices. And then you toss them with oil, olive oil and salt, and you shingle them on top of your pizza dough. They're raw and you don't pile them on there, just just a thin, thin layer. And when you bake it up, you have, um, oh, it's just delightful. You have to put a ton of salt on there. And sometimes you can do some fresh herbs. You could do cheese if you wanted to, but when your crust is really good, Having these potato slices on top, it's a, it's a whole mind-blowing experience. It is very carbolicious. We're not used to having potatoes and bread. But like I said, it's not a thick layer of potatoes. You're just shingling them on there. It's really great. When they come out of the oven, sometimes I drizzle a little more olive oil on top. So we did a potato pizza. The other pizza we did was caramelized onion black olive and roasted red pepper. And I don't pile those toppings on there either because I like my crust to be in balance with the toppings. There are certain thick crusts where you can just pile the toppings on, but like I said, this is kind of an in-between crust, and I like the integrity of the crust to be nicely balanced out with my toppings. When I want a sloppy pizza, I can go back to Aldi and get the $5 pizza. I'm not really supposed to be eating a lot of cheese because of my anti-cancer nutrition plan. I had cancer, and my oncologist recommended me really cutting back on the dairy. So I have, and I've been able to have fabulous pizza experiences without dairy. And if I want a big sloppy pizza with cheese on it, maybe I'll do that like once or twice a year, but 
I'm glad I can do them at home. And even though I'm not making a ton of pizza, it's, it's nice to be able to have some pizza skills to to bust out when it's a special time. So whatever your pizza skills are, let us know. What are you making? Are you making $5 take and bake? Are you making fancy pants pizza in the oven or on the grill? Do you not eat pizza at all because you don't have gluten? You know, just, just let us know. It's cool. We can all be American pizza men and pizza ladies pizza people. We can we can all do it. Just do it your way. That's the great thing about making pizza. You can do it your way. Now we're on to the next thing. Our style is immensely strong and immune to nearly any weapon when it's properly used. It's almost invincible. Power Records presents Power Records presents Power Records presents Destruction of many crops by grasshoppers has been known to man since ancient times. Understanding the grasshopper's habits has helped us control this pest. One reason we study the grasshopper is that its body is a good example of the basic structure of all insects. Another reason is that its life cycle is typical of those insects that develop through the process of incomplete metamorphosis. The mantis. The cricket and the katydid. Like all insects, it has a head, thorax, abdomen, and three pairs of legs. All insects have antennae and use them in feeling and smelling. The grasshopper, like most insects, has a pair of compound eyes. These eyes are made up of many six-sided parts known as facets, here magnified many times their normal size. Compound eyes enable the grasshopper to see in almost all directions without turning its head. Close to the compound eyes are smaller eyes called ocelli. These simple eyes help the insect distinguish between light and dark. And your knees can't take the pound. So hard running is out. And you got arthritis in your neck. And you've got calcium deposits on most of your joints. So what we'll be calling on Good old-fashioned blunt force trauma. Horsepower. Every time you hit him with his shot, horsepower. Horsepower. It's good old-fashioned blunt force trauma. Horsepower. Horsepower. Heavy-duty cast iron pile driving punches. Horsepower. Horsepower. Blunt force trauma. Yeah. Let's start building some hurting bombs. We are back. It is time for the HPI, the Horsepower Initiative. We have spent the whole show talking about food, and now we're going to talk about HPI. And I don't want there to be some kind of subliminal message in that. It's just the way it worked out. But that really is my life. I work out and... I do food stuff for my job and I also need to eat. So those are the big things I think about. Although my working out is a small percentage of my day, I should say. I have been using a medicine ball. I have two of them now. And that has really brought a new dimension to my workouts, which before were me going out on runs and going on walks and riding my bike. I used to do roller derby, and I loved roller derby. It is the most insane, intense thing I've ever done, and I've done a lot of active things. But roller derby is not very pandemic-friendly because you is the most contact sport you can play. You spend most of your time smashing up against people, 
trying to knock them down, trying to get past people. You you are very sweaty and sometimes you accidentally spit on people. Sometimes there's blood. It is it is not a covid thing. It is wonderful for having a cathartic experience. You just get out on the rink and you push yourself as hard as you can and you are uh, you just break yourself down when you leave. So much adrenaline is going through your body and I really miss that. It's it's hard to have that and you have this wonderful camaraderie with all the other people out on the track with you. And you don't get the same thing going on when you're going out on runs for months on end. I also can't go running the way I used to because my knee's a little wonky and I want my knee to last a long time. So what can I do? The medicine balls were the answer. I have two. One is a 14-inch, 12-pound medicine ball, and the other is a, an 8-inch, 10-pound medicine ball, I believe. The Those weights are really similar, but these, these were free medicine balls. I got really lucky because my ex-husband works at a plant that makes medicine balls, and he gave these to me. They had prototypes they weren't using. So I've been putting them to good use and I love these things. It's so different from anything I've ever done. I just do these little YouTube workouts and I do them maybe every other day or so for eight to 30 minutes. Sometimes I combine them with other things. Really depends on my mood, but when I can't go outside as easily as I want to, doing these things inside makes me feel a little bit sore. I I push myself because it's still a new thing for me. And I have a little bit of soreness every day, the kind of soreness that makes you feel like you're making some progress in life, like you're building up your body. And I love it. It's like, it makes your body kind of sing. You're going up the stairs like, ah, can tell I did something yesterday. It is great. It is terrific. You don't need a medicine ball. Like I said, I got lucky because mine were free. But if I were to purchase this, it would be at least 70 bucks. And I don't think that's with the shipping, right? So you can do other things and it could be just going on a walk. I know going on a walk is not the same as bashing up against a bunch of other ladies on roller skates or throwing a medicine ball around but it's the best thing for your body. It's an amazing de-stressor. It is low impact, so it doesn't mess up your knees if you're like me. And it just gets you connected to the world around you. And the other thing is, it's something that almost anyone can do. So if you can get outside and walk safely, let's say you've got some nice sidewalks or not a bunch of cars buzzing around, then you can do your own HPI walking the earth is good for your brain and it's good for your body. So if you are feeling really stale, if you feel like you need to do something to get you recharged, it doesn't have to be crazy. Just put on some shoes and go outside and go on a walk. Do it in between doing other things. It is really the best for your productivity and for your mental health. I'm I'm all about walking. I have a dog and we take her on two 30-minute walks a day because we don't have a fence around our yard. So that's ended up benefiting us greatly. I would love to have a fence around our yard and be able to just let this dog out to do her business, but that's not the way it works. So I get out on these walks and I take my kid with me too um, because I I want to make certain she's getting out there. She's 10 and it's really easy for her to get sucked into just hanging out in the house. Those are some nice times for us. And then I do my medicine ball workout and everything's great. Get a little HPI in your life. I am really happy we got to hang out together today. I feel like I get an A for amateur and amateur radio. Lots of lip smacking and uhs and ahs. But I'm so glad to have you guys to hang out with. And I know your dude's going to be back next episode. He's going to be 
fresh and recharged from his own extra long soak in the tub. It'll be the best stuck at home show of all times as of yet. You take care of yourself and remember, what's the thing he says? Oh yeah, do the time. Don't let the time do you. What does the LE stand for? Everybody love everybody. Everybody love everybody. Right there up on the wall. But you gotta believe things are getting better. Birds are migrating again. Rains are back. Everybody love everybody. Right Right there there up on the wall. Things are getting better. This has been an IC Robots radio production.